This is Dead Air, the unofficial Grateful Dead radio program for the official releases. We're going to be talking with a fan and database whiz. Justin Mason, listen to the music play. It's a comprehensive and interactive guidebook to the set list and available recordings of the Grateful Dead. Throughout the interview, you're also going to hear the voice of another database whiz, a pioneer when it comes to the uh, keepers of the set list and also compiling Grateful Dead statistics. Hey, this is Stu Nixon, co-author of Dead Base. Back in the day, I had collected lists well, along with everybody else, I suppose. You know, set lists and shows that we attended or looking through Dead Base. The Dead Base series over the years evolved. It predominantly was based on Grateful Dead concerts with all the set lists and then analysis of the data of the concerts showing every time it was played and what song was played before it and after it and how many times it was play, the song was played, how many times the band played all the different venues, cities and states and locations. But it was this period of time after Dead Bass, they stopped making them. I don't know exactly when. After Jerry Garcia had died. I think I have Dead Bass 9 was the last one that I bought. Um, in 94, 95. It sort of went into a hiatus and had not been updated. And so anyways, you know, uh, just a f- kind of frustration and then I saw a need for, uh, you know, updated set lists. With the 50th anniversary... I bought Dead Base 50... ...of the band and the reunion shows. Uh, it, well, it came out in 2015, right, for the, for the 50. Back in 2015. I was really excited to get it. And I'm looking at it, and I, and I realized that one thing I was re- mostly interested in for it was the, the Kindle version of it. For this was to search it. I specifically bought the Kindle version of it to search, and I did that. And only the first part of the book is searchable like that. Uh, the rest of it is a scan. I think I had left some feedback on their Facebook page or something like, you know, guys, what happened? You know, you have all these awesome updates, but they didn't get merged. And I don't know who somebody replied and said, yeah, you know. Uh, we, we kind of something happened to the database. It, it, I, I don't remember exactly what he what he said. If it, whether it was it got corrupted or they they physically they lost it or or what. But so unfortunately, yeah. A lot of different technical tricks went into putting this thing together, from learning how to code macros in Excel using Visual Basic uh, or VBA rather, um, uh, to help automate some of the process of creating these set lists to importing and exporting from archive.org, uh, you know, using their API connection to then learning how to create uh, SQL uh, query statements. So what you're getting is a 2,500-page PDF document. I've always been in IT. I have a little bit of a programming background, enough to squeak by. You know, I had an idea about what it was going to take, and of course, starting and stopping over the years, right? I mean, somewhere along there, I had a, a child. <laughs> I don't think many people really, you know, understood what this thing was going to be, including my wife. So when I did finally hit the publish button, she uh, looked at me uh, like, wow, that's great. You know, uh, how many pages did it end up being? And I said, 2,550. And she was like, oh, my God. Uh, okay. Uh, now... 
you know, this is a lot of this, 90-whatever percent of it is, you know, the output of a database where I'm running queries and creating tables, and by far the most complicated output from that database was the every-time played tables. So it's the section of the book that lists every song, every time it was played, song by song, so you can quickly, easily see when was the first, when was the last, what song they played before, what song they played after. To get that output, that took me probably three months to figure that out, that the series of queries that go into that. There's, I think, 18 separate queries, and then the, the last one is the final query that puts them all together into the format that you see in the book. And then actually it doesn't even stop there. I actually had to take that output, put it into Excel, and uh, do some more formatting and massaging of the data uh, to generate the show gap number and uh, some other stuff and make it look, you know, nicer. That by far is uh, the most complex component. I would say it probably takes 10 hours from start to finish to generate. If I have to go back to the database, run all the queries, do all the CSV files, especially the every time played tables, the query just running to generate the, the table runs for like two hours because it's just so massively complex. There's 18 queries in there that it's running. And I'm not a SQL expert, and I'm sure if a SQL expert looked at that, they would be like, man, you are doing this all wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> I've got it to the point where it works. But a lot of it was just really like me sitting down and wanting to learn SQL. <laughs> so I thought this is kind of a cool way to learn SQL. I could learn how to program a database, so it might as well be something that I'm interested in. I suppose it could translate into a, a new career path for me if I wanted to get into web design or something like that. I, I don't know. It's it's always been something that I've been interested in, uh, never really delved into until until now. Uh, but yeah, I guess it, it certainly is possible to, tr to translate those new skills into a, a new career path. So there's over 14,000 links to streaming music or blogs or different things like that. The database books always had really helpful, nice notes in them. So I wanted to kind of emulate that, but I wanted to take it maybe a step further. And since it's an ebook, just put the link to click and then go to that website or that resource directly from the book. There's several very, very good blogs. Corey Arnold's is one that's probably the best. Really, really good resources. He's done the most research, I would say, of, that I know of. I'm sure there's other Grateful Dead historians, scholars that have done a lot of research, but his laid out very nicely in blog format, and you can search for different things, and he has keyword you know, hashtags and different things. And I learned so much. And some people would say, isn't that boring? Don't you, you know, you're doing all this, like, you know, you're doing a little bit of programming, you're doing SQL, you know, isn't it boring? I said, no, absolutely not. I, I learned so much about the Grateful Dead that I never knew in the process of putting all this together and capturing those links to different resources. And I started emailing with him back and forth. I had some questions. There were some things that I was trying to get right in the book. One of the things I decided to do was to have this idea of a certainty rating, especially for the early years, the 65 through about 71, to have some indication for the reader that 
the set list isn't complete or the date's not exactly known or the location's not exactly known. There are all these fragments, and there's less and less now of fragments of music where we didn't know what the dates were. We knew the set list uh, or we knew the songs. We had a recording, but we didn't know maybe exactly where and trying to date those things. And there there are some people who are very, very good at at, and specialize in dating uh, the early recordings. They can listen to, they might hear an instrument or the way something was sung you know, something that keys them into, oh, it fits within this time period, you know, within 1965 and 1966 versus 1967, the band sounds very differently. So I have this idea of a certainty rating. I also learned a lot about how uh, guys like Corey Arnold have discovered uh, forgotten shows. Uh, Lost Live Dead, I think, is is his blog where he he's actually gone through and using basically deductive reasoning. I talk about this a little bit in the book to find lost shows. And sure enough, when you dig deep enough and you know where, kind of get a better idea of where to look into the digital archives, newspaper articles and things like that, all of a sudden they were, he started to find these reviews from writers and, you know, people that attended the concerts. So we now have more artifacts. I talk about how this kind of goes into the certainty ratings and how these artifacts start to come together. And you can basically confirm that that a show happened or that it didn't happen. So that was probably one of the most interesting things you know, about the early days, not so much about the band, but just how the researchers are, historians are putting things together because you just don't have a good written record from those first few years. We really had to sharpen our pencil and get really detailed even to the point of where one song flowed into the next without stopping they have a number of songs that pair together like china cat sunflower with i know your rider which in the early days did not lead into i know your rider they built this jam in the middle and a lot of the set lists there is that word jam so you have china cat sunflower into a jam into i know your rider those were easy ones, but a number of times they would do one song into another. You had to do like the two-second rule if there was just two seconds or less. It's hard. It's subjective. So there was a couple of times where they did drums for like maybe 10 seconds, you know, and I'm like, huh, do I put it in or not? You know, like you get to this point, you know, more rabbit holes, you know. You had to do like the two-second rule if there was just two seconds or less of silence, then it gets the arrow or... We've sometimes affectionately called it the Gazinta, the, the Gazinta character, which is the greater than sign. I wanted to be accurate about it because I know that there are a lot of people out there like that. Some people would, would really debate us on that. They would say, no, it should be like zero seconds or somebody. Else. No, no, no. That really, if you listen really close, Jerry was still holding a note before they went into the next, even though it was five seconds. Somebody I'll get an angry email. Like, you know, you got a Gazintu here, and there's not really one, you know? <laughs> so those were really qualitative kind of calls that sometimes you had to listen two or three times on the tape and say, no, they really did stop there. Or, yeah, no, they went right from one to another. There was a lot of hours of listening to to shows. And I found some great shows, too, by the way. This is another awesome benefit of doing this, was just discovering some new amazing shows that I probably never would have come across 
I think some people would probably say, hey, that's way too detail-oriented or way too anal. But that was, that was the nature of the beast. I discovered it in the process of making this book that they did do a, a sequence of help on the way into Slipknot into Fire on the Mountain from 9-20-91. And I thought, I know I've heard that show. I've had that as a, as a dat tape for a long time. And I, how did I not know that all this time? And it just maybe it's something I forgot about and rediscovered, you know, in the process of doing this. I'm like, I got to listen to that. That is so cool. Somebody listened to every single loser. <laughs> and tracked whether Jerry's saying Susie or Sweet Susie or, or, or nothing. I thought that was pretty impressive. And I saw that. I'm like, this is exactly why I want to do this book. And I searched through my Facebook. I know I had saved that post at one point, trying to find the source of that. I'm hoping it comes to light to, to give that person credit because <laughs> this is exactly why. There's this note. I don't know when I came across this. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember what um, the show the date of the show is, and this had been out there for a while and it lingered for a while. There's a supposed note that Promised Land into a Mary Had a Little Lamb tease back into Promised Land <laughs> as a song note. And I'm like, all right, I'm finally going to listen to this. I got to know if they really do it or not, you know, and sure enough, they don't. So I took that out, um, <laughs> you know. But I think I left a note in saying, like, some, you may see some set list referring to uh, Mary had a little lamb tease. I thought it was funny. I had to leave, leave it in a, as a note. But, you know, in fact, they don't actually do that. <laughs> I remember hearing about, like, Hampton, Virginia, the, the formerly Warlocks, 10989, for example, you know, and big breakouts for that happened at that one or, you know, the St. Stephen breakout that they did in, uh, in the mid eighties, you know, things like that. And then you're like, Oh, I got to hear that. I want to, it drives you to, you know, want to go check out that show and, um, and discover new stuff. So I, I think the gaps are important. I feel like I found a few breakouts maybe that we didn't know about. I decided that, you know, I'm calculating this stuff anyways. So, you know, why not? I just picked a kind of arbitrary number 50. If it hadn't been played, more than 50 shows, then I would include a note about it. And some patterns emerge from that, too, which are interesting. But the gaps are important to me. So there's lots of things that could be updated, you know, including the accuracy of the set list. I mean, somebody might come back and say, you know, you've got a song listed and it's not there. It's an error. I actually did have somebody point one out. I already have a, a spelling mistake. <laughs> Because even now, when I open the original Word file, it doesn't flag it as being spelled. So that that that, that, that kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what, how many other spelling errors are lurking in there. But, you know, and that's another reason why I didn't really want to charge a lot of money for this thing, right? This is like a beta version almost, right? Um, you know, and there could be a ton of errors in there. Uh, you know, I've done my best. So when I went into this, I said, I'm going to probably have maybe just put out yearlies, but I could almost do quarterlies. But so I want to do the updates, and it's just... Um, you know, figuring it out. I liked what Stu said, because uh, you asked him about this topic. What do you think about the future of Dead Base? You know, you mentioned the word earlier, catching up. What do you think of the future of Dead Base? Is there going to be a Dead Base 15? Maybe. You know, the data is like 95% complete now. And maybe over a couple of years, it might get to be 95.1% complete. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be those couple of hundred shows, which we will probably never, ever get the set list from. So, uh, or even there's probably uh, maybe 
it's hard to guess a number, but maybe a dozen shows out there that we don't even know it was a show. We don't yeah. even have a date or a venue or anything. And probably these, these ones that they did um, on the side or a really small venue that uh, never made it into any newspaper or anything. Um, but it's really way less um, information. So I, I think that's only 50-50 about doing another book. You know, and he's like, no, there's no way we're ever done, <laughs> done with this. And how he thought that they were going to put out one version. That's the one thing that has amazed me over the many years of this whole Dead Base project. Is that we never thought there was going to be a Dead Base 2. Yeah. We thought we were going to get it all right on Dead Base, uh, put out <laughs> everything that we knew at the time, and then just add each year's new stuff, yeah. which, we, which we did. We, we had a Dead Base 88 book and then a Dead Base 89 book, which just had the new stuff. But even just within that first year or so, we discovered there was more information coming. So that's why we did Dead Base 2 and Dead Base 3. As a matter of fact, it was sort of those two levels. There was the new stuff for just that year, and there's the corrections and additions to the old stuff that sort of forced us to do two books every year. So there was Dead Base 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 and so forth, up to 11, and at the same time, there was Dead Base 88, 89, 90, up to 94. I actually have Dead Base 94 as one of the ones that I do have. The folks that put Dead Base together, were, so they were the first to do this with a database, right, with a program and computer. Before that, it was all manual, you know, so people... People have uh, some amazing memories and can remember statistics, you know. Um, and I guess it's thankfully for people like that that, uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day, that's how we knew about our breakouts, I guess. Truth be told, the Grateful Dead organization should have this data. They should own this data. I would give them this database. I would happily. The data in it, it's not mine, really, Right. It's just my intellectual property is the, just the SQL database and the queries that I wrote, right, to, to out, output this information. You're taking raw data and you're creating information with it. At the top of the book, I have that little section of Mickey Hart uh, commemorating, you know, uh, on this day, I think October 27th, 84, at Berkeley, the first official taper section show, right, you know, and, and how, how they just completely upended, you know, the, the music industry. by They're like, well, you're going to do what? You're going to allow people to record your concerts? Are you nuts? <laughs> you know, and that's, Jerry's like, I'm done with them. They can have these shows, uh, you know. And, in fact, this led, it's well known that this led to, you know, the expansion of the tribe. Just the whole notion of what, the Grateful Dead family, we are a tribe, you know. And um, I, I guess in some ways I'm, I'm trying to contribute something here. The data isn't really mine, right? I mean, uh, these set lists originated decades ago and this is all through the effort of others that came before me really 